Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Tom Pasek, CIO at Inspira Health Network. In this segment, Pasek talks about the curveball he was thrown when Cerner and Siemens announced their merger, the strategy his team is using to migrate to a single ambulatory platform, and how they're working to increase patient engagement. Hi, Tom. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Hi, Kate. You're more than welcome. I look forward to the dialogue. Yeah, me too. So to give our readers and listeners some background information, can you just talk a little bit about Inspira Health Network, um, you know, what you have in terms of hospitals, bed size, ambulatory, things like that? Sure, absolutely. So Inspira is uh, multiple merged organizations over time, but most recently, our, our most recent merger, we went from two hospitals to three hospitals uh, three years ago. Well, it'll be three years this November. Uh, our bed size now is uh, 720 beds. Uh, we have, th- again, three acute care facilities. We do have a, a hospital that's, well, not considered a hospital. It's a health center, but we do have 60 behavioral health beds in there. Out of that 720, 60 of them are located at the health center. So we have all the uh, typical services, uh, ER, pharmacy, and things like that, lab. Um, but we do, uh, it's only uh, behavioral health in that facility. Uh, we have a very large ambulatory offering now with uh, three urgy care centers, a fourth soon to be opened. Uh, we have over 80 uh, owned physicians, a multi-specialty group, so it's one group. Um, primary care is probably 50%, maybe 60% of that group. Uh, the rest in multiple uh, specialties, including uh, midwifery. Um, we have a home health agency that covers uh, two counties uh, out of the three that we service. And so we're in a geographic area in southern New Jersey that's about 1,200 square miles. Uh, so it's a very large portion of the southern part of the state. Um, acute care uh, is pretty much where the where the game in town in the southern part. We do our latest uh, acquisition uh, or merger was uh, Woodbury uh, Underwood Medical Center joined in Spirib, uh again two and a half years ago. Uh, up in the Woodbury area, there is uh, some competition for acute care beds in that area. But further south, where the other two hospitals are, they're kind of isolated from other uh, acute care hospitals. Ambulatory is a strong um, competitive environment throughout all our facilities. So that's our that's our landscape right now. Uh, we do have four EDs as well as the three urgent care centers. All right. And now um, looking at the, the, the clinical application environment, um, first uh, on the acute side, um, what are you using for clinical and financials? So today we're uh, Cerner, Sorian customers, uh, Sorian clinicals uh, across the health system, across the whole enterprise, as well as Sorian financials across the whole enterprise. On the ambulatory side, uh, we have four, uh, our, our 80, so 80 plus physicians are using four different applications. It's about almost 50-50 with two outliers. We have one, uh, one practice that's using uh, eClinical Works. Uh, we have another practice using a Greenway Prime Suite. And then the other, the, the rest of the physicians are split kind of 50-50 between a Centricity product and uh, a Greenway Energy product. They're all going to be migrating to uh, Cerner Ambulatory 
a brand new Cerner ambulatory implementation we're doing starting in September will be the first practices. They'll be up in the beginning of September. And we'll probably go through at least those AD physicians will be all converted by second quarter of 2016. And I would imagine that that's something that, that's been in the works for a little while, just as far as the decision to, to, to get onto one platform. Yes, absolutely. I mean, honestly, uh, you know, before the Cerner acquisition of Siemens, uh, we were headed down a, an enterprise solution with Siemens. Uh, obviously, that's changed. Right. And, uh, you know, the challenge it brought to us is we were trying to get out in front of that ambulatory curve and, and adopt the ambulatory Sorian product, which we were in the process of implementing, uh, and then kind of shifted gears quickly after the Cerner announcement and got some feedback on that and didn't think that was a viable option anymore. So uh, we quickly looked at what we currently use to see if any of them could be the single uh, ambulatory EMR. And honestly, this organization, as well as myself, are really uh, – we have an enterprise mentality here uh, and that we try to do a uh, common platform across the whole enterprise. We'd like to be all part of one electronic health record. Um, so we do like, you know, the Epic Cerner type approach where it's totally enterprise. And like I said, we were going down that path with Siemens uh, since Cerner's acquisition that's changed. And so right now, again, we're, we're all Sorian. We're staying that way for the time being. But on the ambulatory side, we are making the migration, the, the jump to the uh, Cerner ambulatory platform at this point. Our physicians really liked it. We did do a, a bake-off. We did not look at Epic, but we did do a bake-off with, uh, like I said, the products we currently had. Um, and then we also brought the Cerner product in, and uh, they were pretty much hands down like the Cerner product and the direction. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you how that would work as far as, you know, you're talking about having those four different systems and finding one uh, people could agree on. I'm, I'm sure that's not always the easiest situation. It wasn't. We had a very active group of physicians that were very involved, and uh, and they, uh, like I said, they, they gave us our feedback. Uh, the Centricity product came up pretty strong as well. Um, but uh, overall, you know, with the direction of potentially going millennium, we haven't committed to that at this point in time, but that enterprise thought process is leading us down that path. And so uh, the physicians felt more most comfortable, and they liked the functionality built into the, uh, to the Cerner ambulatory product at this point in time. Okay. That you said is starting this summer or this fall? Uh, project's underway right now. Uh, I believe we start testing in, in July, early July through August, and with a go-live beginning of September for our first set of practices. Okay. And then uh, like about how many practices are in that group, that first uh that first group, we're doing two practices, and then uh, I think we got about a six-week gap between that and the next wave, and then we're doing three, four, um, and again, then we're going to hit the urgent care centers last and right. bring them onto the platform as well, and that's in the second quarter of next year. Okay. So now I would imagine the hope is to be able to, to apply uh, any type of lessons learned or, or things like that from, from one uh, implementation to the next Absolutely. Yeah, that's why our little break in the action. And, yeah. and, you know, it'll be a little different for primary care versus some of the specialties uh, as the way we do this. We're also bringing up common practices. So things like uh, our primary care docs are all involved with the PCMH uh, 
know, patient-centered medical home initiative. We have uh, 5,000 Horizon patients that we're managing through that process. And so we want to make sure those practices are all uh, implemented simultaneously with the new EMR. So that's all we're doing the proper care management on those those patients as well, all at the okay. same time. We don't want to have to go back in and redo workflow, so we want to do it once right up front. Okay. All right. So now um, in terms of uh, a meaningful use, uh, where do you stand right now, I guess, first on the hospital side? So on the hospital side, we've, let's see, we've done three attestations and received three sets, three payments on Medicare. Uh, we've attested on Medicaid on all three facilities as well. Uh, we have not received anything back on this last attestation for Medicaid. There's been some questions. Um, so we're, we're working with the, the state on that and going through that information. But um, so far, we've been able to meet the standards. Um, as best as I believe to the letter of the law, you know, I mean, we're doing everything uh, at uh, our interpretation with some outside counsel uh, guiding us on that to make sure that we're truly understanding the regs and, and the uh, criteria and, and meeting that. And so we do get that certified on our own outside uh, prior to any audits or anything like that. We want to make sure that it's not just us thinking that we, we qualify and we're meeting the criteria, but we also yeah. engage an outside firm to, to help us do that as well and certify that before we do our attestations. And uh, and we're tracking right now. You know, we're we're tracking for a full year of compliance with the MU2 standard, MU2 standard still at the hospitals. So we're feeling pretty good about that right now. Physician side, that's different. <laughs> Uh, the physician side has been a real challenge for us, um, mainly, well, mainly because we got multiple products, first of all. So for my staff yeah. to have to, to work with the, the physicians to make sure each of those vendors are meeting the standards. And the biggest gap is really the, is the patients and getting the patients to, you know, they'll sign up for the patient portal, but they are, uh, to be able to send information back and forth with the patient, that's not happening very rapidly. The, the patients are, are, are I don't know whether they're unwilling or they just they're just non-responsive to that. So we have used the uh, relaxing of the rules to be able to uh, to submit and attest um, for our for our eligible providers. But going forward, uh, we're going to have to do a better job of trying to figure out how to get that uh, um, how to get those patients engaged and at least with that particular criteria. Although that's been relaxed lately too. Yeah. Uh, I think you only have to prove that you can do it once. Uh, with a patient, uh, with one patient. So it's it's really been relaxed. And that's been our biggest hurdle is that particular cri uh, piece of criteria. Yeah. What are some of the the, uh, the methods you've employed to just try to just address that, you know, knowing that it is something that's going to be, the requirements are going to change at some point? One of the things we're doing is trying to be um, a little more aggressive and in the physician practice themselves, like trying to actually take the time to help a patient sign up right there on the spot and to maybe even exchange a message back and forth with us just as a test to make sure it's working um, and try to really encourage. I mean, we're trying to educate the patients on why they need to, regardless of meaningful use, why they should be engaged with us to begin with and why they should be engaged in their health care. So it's an overall, you know, we don't ever call it meaningful use with the patients. You know, that's not a top topic or term that we use with the patients. I mean, we really want them to be engaged in their health care. 
Um, so it really it really dovetails nicely into our, our care management uh, plans, Pop Health. Um, it is a nice dovetail into that. Uh, you know, we just wish you know the rules weren't so strict and so stringent as to make it certain percentages. You know, um, we're just trying to do the best we can and work with our patients. And you know, you can't control the patient. The best you can do is try to educate them and, and get them engaged. And I think everybody's community, everybody on the call could probably uh, agree. Every, every healthcare community is different. Um, you know, we have a lot of um, Hispanic population here, very, a lot of indigent in, in two of our facilities. And then the other facility has got a completely different patient population uh, who takes to this kind of stuff and, and understands it better and has the technology to be able to do, to communicate with us electronically. So, you know, and it, it shows in our numbers of, and our compliance uh, by our areas. Right. That's, that is a really interesting thing, and, and I think that um, you are seeing that, that challenge in a lot of areas, which is, which is why the rules were relaxed, um, because I think there was a lot of pressure and a lot of uh, input from CIOs who aren't necessarily, you know, you get outside of certain areas, and it's a lot more challenging. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, I think people are starting to recognize that, CMS, ONC, they're, they're starting to recognize that, um, you know, we're heading down the right path. People are doing the right thing and trying to become meaningful users, um, even if we're not maybe making the criteria levels, um, you know, so long as we're moving in the right direction. You know, by 18, when they're ready for three, uh, I think we'll all be in a much better position to meet whatever requirements they're, they're throwing at us at that time. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.